Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we'll be learning to put the pattern of the Lord's Prayer into practice. When you approach God, understand that He is your dad, that He loves you, He cares about you, He wants to hear your prayer, He knows your name, He knows your issues, He loves you, He's connected to you, He cares about every detail of your life because He is Abba Father to you. Most of us know what the Lord's Prayer is, but did you know there's a biblical pattern for healthy communication there too? Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, as we move forward in our series on habits and disciplines that make a difference, we're going to wade into the deep waters of Matthew chapter 6. Mark is going to show us the pattern for praying the Lord's Prayer that will transform our prayer lives and lead us into healthy communication with the Lord. If you're just tuning in, and if you'd like to know more about Mark or this new weekend program, let me invite you to visit our website. You'll find us at boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, let's dive into today's message with Pastor Mark Job. And so it says, when you approach God, understand that he is your dad, that he loves you, he cares about you, he wants to hear your prayer, he knows your name, he knows your issues, you're part of his family, he loves you, he's connected to you, he cares about every detail of your life because he is Abba Father to you. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, Hallowed's an interesting word, and maybe you've said it a lot of times, and you're not really sure exactly what you were praying all, the, all those years. Hallowed be your name? Well, what's hallowed mean? Well, we're most familiar with words like Halloween. Uh, it's the same root meaning. You see, Halloween, Halloween falls on the day before what was called All Saints Day, which was Hallow Day, a holy day. And so Halloween means Holy evening is the evening before All Saints Day, so it's a holy evening before Holy Day. That's where we get the word Halloween. The word hollow means sanctify. It means holy. So what we're saying is, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. We are holying your name in a verb form. What does it mean that his name is holy or sanctified? It means that to, to sanctify, something that's sanctified means that it's set apart in a category of its own. It's lifted up, high, set set apart, untouchable, in a category that's unique to God. So we are saying, our Father, our Dad who are in heaven, we believe and declare that your name is above every other name, that there's no name like your name, that your name is so high, so lofty, so lifted up, that it is untouchable. You are unique and set apart from every other name and every other God. Hallowed is your name. You say, okay, but what is God's name? Good question. What is God's name? Well, you say, well, his name's God, right? Well, that's sort of generic. Our English word for God is generic. A lot of people use the word God. But what is the unique name? It's like saying, if you're a kid, it's like saying boy. 
What's his name? Boy. No, no, but that boy has a name. What's your name? Man. No, no, but there's more than just man. You, man, have a name that's unique to you. When we say God, it's sort of a generic deity, but what is the name of God? Well, to answer that the best way, look at Exodus chapter 3 because Moses asked God, what is your name? Do you remember the story of Moses when he encountered the burning bush and God spoke to him out of a burning bush? And he said, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to set my people free. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses says, Me, Lord, but I don't know how to talk. And uh, what are people going to say? And Moses says, The people may ask me, What is his name? Like, what is the name of the God that sent you? What shall I say to them? And God out of the burning bush says, He said to Moses, My name is, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am? Well, now that's even more confusing. I heard one guy say, you know, Moses went to the people of Israel. They said, who sent you? And he said, I am. And they said, you are what? No, I, I am has sent me. I am Moses. I am. No, I am is the name of God who sent me. You say, well, why would God call himself I am? Well, that's an interesting choice of words. I believe because I am talks about God's presence and his transcendence. You see, God has always been. He has never become because he's always been. From eternity past, you can go hundreds and millions and trillions and tens of trillions of years back, and God was always there. There's never been a moment in time that history has existed that God has not been there. God is before time. God is bigger than time. God transcends time. God has always been. And if you go into the future, God will always be. God is here. He's always been. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will always be. Has no beginning, has no ending. He is the great I am. Who is God I am? You see, it's something hard to describe, but he's bigger than time, bigger than a name. He is I am. But then he says in verse 17 of Exodus chapter 3, God calls himself the Lord. He refers to himself as I the Lord. Now if you look at that word, specifically the word Lord, is the word in the Hebrew, because you know that most of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, most of the New Testament was written in Greek. In the Hebrew, it's the word, it's several consonants without vowels. So it's difficult to pronounce because it's Y-H-W-H. Try pronouncing that. The closest we can get to pronouncing that is Yahweh. Yahweh. Now our English versions translate the name of God Jehovah. Do you have that in your Bible? Most of your Bibles have in the Old Testament. The word Yahweh occurs in the Old Testament 5,321 times. 
5,321 times it occurs Yahweh. The Hebrew people, the Israelites, were so careful about pronouncing the name of God that they whispered it, or sometimes they skipped it. And they said, well, you know, is watching over us. Or they whispered it and they said, you know, it's Yahweh. They were so careful. Boy, times have changed, haven't they? Now we use the name of God for exclamation points. My mm. God blankety-blank this. And we have no problems using the name of God. But in the Hebrews, they were so fearful of using the name of God in vain that they would whisper his name. And in the 6th and 7th century, some of the translators, some of the monks that were translating, actually, in order to help us pronounce this a little bit better, they took the vowels from Adonai, which is another name for God, and they mixed it with Yahweh, and they ended up with Jehovah which is actually an incorrect translation of the name of God, but I doubt if God would be offended if you call him that. So the better name is Yahweh, and it appears five, uh, over 5,000 times in the Old Testament, and it literally means he which is and who is truly present. That's what Yahweh means. It's like saying I am. He which is and who is truly present. Now the interesting thing about the name of God, we're talking about hallowed be your name, God. Your name is set apart. His name is Yahweh. But the interesting thing in the Old Testament is that eight times in the Old Testament, God combines the name Yahweh with a characteristic that describes what he does. So eight times he does this in the Old Testament. For example, in one place in the Old Testament, he's called Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Or another time, it's Yahweh Rofi, which means the Lord that heals. Or another place, it's Yahweh Im Kadesh, which means the Lord who sanctifies. Another place, it's Yahweh Sitkanu which means the Lord is our righteousness, or Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner, or Yahweh Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd, or Yahweh Shama, the Lord that is there. So, when I pray, I like to do this. I like to say, Father, I address you as a son, and the only way I can be your son is through the righteousness of Jesus. It's not my own power, but I'm a son of yours because of what Jesus has done. And I come to you as a son, and I acknowledge that your name is above every name, and I thank you, Lord, that you are my healer. And I thank you, Lord, that you are my righteousness, and you are my peace, and you are my banner, and you are the one that sanctifies me, and I bless you because you are hollowing his name. You are extolling his name, setting his name apart from every other name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, we've just gotten through the first phrase of the Lord's Prayer. And already we've prayed a lot, if you follow this pattern. So you can't pray this prayer in 30 seconds. This is longer. So I'm, I'm your son, and I acknowledge your name. So we call that position. The second thing I want you to write down is this. I want you to write down priorities. Because the very first request that we make is an interesting request. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the very first prayer request that Jesus teaches us to pray is come kingdom of God. Will of God be done. You say, well, I don't even know what I'm praying when I pray that. What am I praying for? Come kingdom of God. What, what, what does that mean? Well, let's talk about what the kingdom of God is and what the kingdom of God is not. We're praying for it. It should be important. Jesus taught us to pray, come kingdom of God, so we better be knowing what we're praying for, right? You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message in just a moment. Well, this weekend program is coming to you today right here on your local radio station, but it's also available online 24-7 at boldstepsweekend.org. You can even listen through your smart speakers at home or in the office. Getting Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job from Spotify. Here's the latest episode. For instructions on how to activate and enable your speakers, visit boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, let's not hold up the message any longer. Once again, here's Mark Job with the rest of today's Bold Steps Weekend. Let's start out with what the kingdom of God is not. You see, the Jewish people in the Old Testament, they were waiting for a Messiah that would come and establish a physical reign here on earth. In fact, in the, the Jewish people throughout the Old Testament, when they talked about a Messiah, they were waiting for a political and military liberator. During the days of Jesus, there was an occupying army or force that had control over Israel, and they were called the Romans, right? And so... They expected that Jesus would come and he would lead an uprising with arms and lead them to battle and that he would oust the Roman occupation and that Israel once again would be a free and liberated nation and they would worship God that way and that the Messiah would establish a kingdom that would rule. But when Jesus came, he had no weapons. He had no army. He had no political agenda. He had no boot camp. He had no coup, but he said, my kingdom has come. John the baptizer would say, prepare yourself. The kingdom of God is at hand. People look around, oh, it's coming. Where is it? Jesus said, when you see evil spirits cast out by by God's finger, know the kingdom of God is among you. What Jesus brought in was not a physical kingdom. It was a spiritual kingdom. What is a kingdom? A kingdom is the rule and reign of a king. Come, God, and rule and reign in this place. Now, how do we enter that kingdom? Listen to me. When you receive Jesus, you receive him as Savior and Lord, as king of your life. And so what what happens when you submit your life to him as Lord? Do you remember when Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Uh, Nicodemus didn't, Jesus didn't say, to enter into heaven, you have to be born again. He said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the what? Kingdom. 
Unless a man is born again, he, not, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, how do you, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a place where God rules and reigns. If you're not born again, you're under the domain of darkness. When you're born again, you're under the domain of light. There are two kingdoms that coexist on earth right now in the spiritual realm. There's a kingdom of darkness, a kingdom of light. Some people ask me, Pastor Mark, how can there be a God when there's bigotry, rape, and sin, and violence, and injustice, and war, and poverty? How can God be true if all this exists on earth? Very simple answer. Because the kingdom of God right now on earth is not dominant over the whole earth. The kingdom of God battles with the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God is manifest fully in heaven. Well, what's heaven like? There's no sickness. There's no death. There's no poverty. There's no racism. There's no um, bigotry. There's no jealousy. That's the kingdom of God. That's where God rules. He doesn't rule on earth like he rules in heaven yet because he's establishing his kingdom on earth. When Jesus came, he came to establish his kingdom and his kingdom is spreading throughout the earth now. How does it spread? It spreads via the church, the people of God and the rule of reign of God. So when we pray, come kingdom of God, what we're saying is, hey, in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of the kingdom of darkness, God, have your way in my life. Rule over my life. You know how I like to pray? I like to pray in concentric circles. When I pray this, before I pray for the world and my neighbors and my family, first of all, I pray for me. I say, come, kingdom of God, to my life. You know why? Because sometimes my attitudes get out of alignment with God. And sometimes my heart needs to come under the submission of his lordship. And sometimes my actions and my mouth and my thoughts aren't under his kingdom rule like they need to be. So I say, come, kingdom of God in my life. Come, rule of God in my life. I want to be under your rule. I want to reflect your lordship in my life fully. And then next I expand the circle a little bit and I say, come, kingdom of God, to my marriage. I want my marriage to reflect you. My, my, the relationship between me and my wife May, may our words that we speak and the heart that we have, may there not be uh, barriers or anything that the enemy would raise up, but may our marriage reflect the rule of God in it. And then I pray, come kingdom of God, my family. My children, may they know the power of God in their lives. May their hearts be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Come under conviction when they sin. May they repent quickly. May their hearts not go astray. Come, kingdom of God, to my family. Then I pray, come, kingdom of God, to my church. And the people that, that are a part of this fellowship of believers, may we reflect Jesus. And I pray for the pastors, and I pray for you. Come, kingdom of God, to the families and the individuals of the church. May our lives be under your lordship, God. May, may, may our lives reflect your goodness and your lordship. May we repent from sin and, and come under the rule of God. May the joy of the Holy Spirit be inside of us. Come, kingdom of God, to my city. I want the rule of reign of God to come to Chicago and spread throughout this city. So that more and more people are coming to the kingdom of light and experiencing God. Come, kingdom of God, to my nation. May the United States of America experience the power of the kingdom of God as life-giving churches plant up, as you 
God, rule over Washington and rule over our uh, government system and rule over the lives of people. Come, God, to this nation, and I pray for our nations. Come, kingdom of God, to the world. You say, well, why are you saying that? Why are you praying that? Because Jesus taught me to pray and declare it. Some of you need to be praying, come kingdom of God to my job and come kingdom of God to my neighborhood. God, establish your rule. There's injustice here. God, come with justice. There's sin here. God, come with conviction. Come to my marriage. Come to my family. I invite you, God, to rule and reign. And that's why wherever Jesus went, listen, wherever Jesus went, he healed, he liberated, he taught. Why? Because he was bringing the kingdom of God. He was manifesting the works of the kingdom. Do you ever wonder why Jesus healed people so much? You know why? Because ultimately, death and sickness are a result of the fall of man, of sin. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that's sick is sinned. Or that every, every sickness is a result of our sin. But generically, before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no death and there was no sickness. You, you wouldn't die of cancer. And that's why in heaven there's no cancer. There's no heart attacks. Get this, there's no death. Because why? It's the full manifestation of the kingdom of God. What a place. You say, well, we'll never be like that here on earth. Oh, I know we'll never be like that. It'll never quite be like that because we live in a fallen state. But Jesus taught us to pray, come now. Come, kingdom of God. And ultimately, God will establish his full kingdom and reign um, ultimately on earth. And so that's what we're praying. Come, kingdom of God, to our life. By the way, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and guess what? All the other things will be given to you as well. And Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a physical thing, but of righteousness, of peace, and of joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. So in essence, you're praying, Lord, I want you to be Lord over these areas of my life. I want you to come, and I want you to mess around with my life and mess around with my marriage and my family and my church and my city and the nations, come and establish and do the work that you want to do. So, we've prayed our position, we've prayed our priorities, now we pray provision. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then what's the next phrase? Give us this day our daily, what? Our daily bread. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is our newest program, Bold Steps Weekend. As a listener-supported ministry, Bold Steps Weekend relies on the voluntary donations of friends like you who share our vision. You can give a one-time gift or sign up to be a Bold Steps partner when you commit to giving a monthly donation of any amount. For either opportunity, just click the Donate button on our website at boldstepsweekend.org. And when you give a gift of any amount today, ask how you can request a copy of our latest Bold Action Gift, a book by Randy Elkhorn that will refresh your perspective. Here's Mark to tell us more about it. 
With everything that's happening in our country today, the continuing COVID crisis, lockdowns, political upheavals and pandering, do you ever feel exhausted or overwhelmed in your Christian walk and witness? Well, if you feel like no matter what you do or what you say is only going to make things worse, let me recommend a book by Randy Alcorn that's bound to help you overcome this debilitating mindset. It's called The Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-Like Balance. And you'll discover a brilliant two-point checklist that lays out how God wants you to engage and respond to these worldly issues in a matter that's worthy. In our latest bold action gift, you can ask for your copy of this insightful and engaging read when you give a financial gift of any amount to support this ministry. So to send your donation and request for Randy Elkhorn's book in the mail, write to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Or call 866-535-5580. You can also go online and give when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. And if you're not getting our weekly email devotional, you're missing out. The Bold Stepper Weekly is filled with ministry highlights and updates, a weekend spotlight to help you go deeper in your studies throughout the week, and a special weekly devotional from Mark. To sign up right now, just go online to boldstepsweekend.org. That's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd inviting you to join us again next time when we conclude this message on the habit of prayer. It's a message about learning how prayer can transform our lives and the lives of those around us, too. So be listening next weekend here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.